What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Revived, episode number five. I am your host, as always, Shane Craig, and joining me is the lovely Jesse Craig. Hello. Guys, we have another great show coming for you today. We're going to talk a bit about Nintendo's massive quarter two of this last year, massive profits winning for Nintendo. We're going to talk about the console wars, and we're going to show off our thoughts on the number nine Metacritic game of the last decade, which you'll have to you'll have to wait to hear what game it is, or you could Google it, <laughs> and then you would know. You would spoil the surprise. But first, before we get started, let's take a second and thank our first sponsor of the show. Guys, today we're sponsored by a YouTube and Twitch channel. You can find under Luke Sock as kind of one word, L-U-K-E-S-O-C-K. I think Sock is a abbreviation of his actual last name, which I won't I won't butcher with trying to say. <laughs> Sock and then some other stuff. <laughs> Guys, I checked out Luke's channel the other day when I got when I, I got the, the contact from him. And he's doing something that I'm actually like kind of appreciative of like twitch and youtube have a thing called a channel trailer that nobody ever like we don't even have i think we just have like a video there he actually made a channel trailer and it's really good like i was really impressed with it it actually like if you want to know what his channel is like what his content is just watch the trailer it's all right there it's a great trailer it's genuinely funny i laughed a couple times it's well done he's got that kind of you know us us young kids these days have that kind of surreal sense of humor. Well, that is very much present and obvious in that trailer. He's streaming games like Five Nights at Five Nights at Freddy's with Freddy. At Freddy's, <laughs> are you at Freddy's or are you with Freddy? Who's Freddy? I mean, I you're with know. them too, but I think it's more specifically at Freddy's. Five Nights at with Freddy. <laughs> I saw The Last of Us. I saw Sekiro. And he's got some other, you know, IRL-type videos as well. <laughs> this guy's genuinely funny and entertaining. Go give Luke some love. You can find him by searching Luke Sock, like I said, O-U-K-E-S-O-C-K on Twitch or YouTube. We'll have a link to his channel in the show notes as well. All right, let's talk about Nintendo for a second. Nintendo is crushing right now. Mm-hmm. I think they're crushing to a level that I don't think most people even fully are, are like capable of appreciating. Like, okay, so they, they put out their their first quarter fiscal 2021. Like, fiscal years are weird. Apparently, yeah. Q1 of 2021 has already happened. Guys, it's August. What, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's not 2021. It's delayed. Are you trying to trick me? Or wait, no, we're ahead of it. It's early. It's so weird. It's still 2020. Yeah. Well, anyways, they, uh, okay, so their first quarter fiscal 2021 results they released them Thursday morning, and they are obliterating their estimates, largely due to the blistering sales of the Nintendo Switch and Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Animal Crossing is driving them to all sorts yeah. of new incredible heights. Yeah, They reported a net profit of $1.01 billion that quarter. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And get this. It was an increase of 541% year over year. 541%. 541% year, year over, over year. year. Their comp was 541%. Un- 
believable. The Switch wow. existed last year. Yeah. And was doing very well. I mean, it was already doing really well, but I mean, really, can we just, we can accredit that this was just the perfect formula for Nintendo. It was the perfect storm. You could call it a Corona cane, if you will. I won't call it that. <laughs> but you could. I won't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I won't do it. Yeah, I mean, the, between the pandemic, which kept everybody at home. Yeah. And then Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing at the exact perfect time. Yep. It it couldn't have. I yep. mean, look, you hate to see. I hate to be like, oh, Nintendo really, really profiting off this whole pandemic thing. But damn, aren't they though? I'm not gonna. Not I'm, in a negative way. Yeah, I wouldn't see it negative because there's one beautiful thing that is happening, which I think Nintendo. Their aspirations for this console was get it, was going to get it into the hands of people who normally aren't even casual gamers. Right. So they they're doing that, but really the beauty of Animal Crossing is that it's turning like our parents into gamers. It's something that I, I feel like really only only Nintendo has been successful with, and they've yeah. done it repeatedly now. Yeah. They did it with the Wii. Then they really didn't do it with the Wii U. Yeah. They forgot how to how to do this. <laughs> then they rediscovered it again with the Switch. Yeah. And Animal Crossing is is tremendous. Yeah. I mean, we've got, you know, my mother bought a Nintendo Switch yeah. because her sister was playing Animal Crossing. What a yeah. weird situation yeah. this is. And, like, it's not a bad thing. Like, it's a good thing. Like, I am... It's a good thing. That was I'm, sorry. That was my my, my <laughs> Martha Stewart impression. Does anybody remember Martha Stewart, or is I just doing a no, weird thing? I remember her. It's not as it's if, a good thing. But I don't remember her ever saying that. That was her catchphrase. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like she would say that, and then Snoop Dogg would be like, "I love weed." Yeah, and it's then a good thing. she would be like in her prison cell, like shanking her roommate, and be yeah. like, "It's a good. It's thing. a good thing that you're you're dead now." Yeah, Anyways. Martha Stewart, everybody. You know, OG Martha Stewart. I like her. But what it is a, it is a good thing that 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 people non traditional gamers mm-hmm. are gaming. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, the more people to game, the better this is for everyone. Excuse me, I I this kickstart <laughs> drink makes me a little burpy, <laughs> I and was I was like, trying to Ooh. not burp into the microphone. I feel um, like that would be the the bad kind of ASMR that the kids don't like. I am. Um, I love the idea of, like, our parents, our aunts, like, our grandparents yeah. playing games like this. Yeah. Um, I know that it's giving them kind of a look into what we love about games and living a different life. Yeah. Um, there, this is, our our this lifestyle is, choice. Yeah, this is a side note. My mom is not playing Animal Crossing yet. Um, she probably won't. Now you say but, <laughs> you say yet as if there's some sort of plan in place. We'll, well get her. I, I mean, I don't think that this is her thing, but back in the day, um, I'd say this is probably about 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been gifted a PS2 from somebody. Yeah. It was a used one, obviously, but I was really excited because I had my PS1 up until 2011 as well. Um, so I was playing PS1 games and GameCube games for a long time. But we got this PS2, and we got a few uh, games at GameStop, and one of the games I got, I was really excited to play. It was called The Sims Castaway, I think. The Sims 2 Castaway. Mm-hmm. It was a Sims game, but you were on a deserted island. You are shipwrecked, and you had to build a base and 
you could like enslave this sounds really bad but not enslave them but you could use <laughs> you could use the monkeys to like gather resources for you that enslave were on the monkeys you had to earn their affections but you could uh you could yeah to trick them yeah. thinking it was their idea yeah they would go gather resources that's how if you're gonna enslave anybody yeah that's the real i can't remember that's kind of the hack you know like you got to make them think yes. it's their idea well anyways my mom got obsessed with that game and she always she would play The Sims with us a lot when I was younger, back on her mm-hmm. old HP PC. That stands for Hewlett Packard. Yeah, our Hewlett Packard PC that we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. But she played this game so much. I would come home from work, and she would have been home already, and she would be like just chilling, playing the game, slaving the monkeys. Can't get enough. the monkeys. Can't get enough of that. She loved that game so much and i was so excited yeah it's like, fun when your parents take an interest in something oh, that, yeah. you, that you love which which uh it doesn't often happen for yeah. for some of us so it is it is very very strange i want to throw one more number at you too just because this is this is um kind of insane to me um the company sold five point six, the company being nintendo of course yes sold 5.68 million switch consoles in that quarter 5.68 million consoles, up 166% year over year. Oh Keep in mind that you could not go to a store and buy a Nintendo Switch for mm, any of that. Mm-hmm. So they still managed to have a massive increase in their console, their hardware sales numbers, while having an incredible uh, shortage of hardware. How How is that happening? Was it like pre-orders or something? No, it's just because... Suddenly, everybody went to the store to buy a Switch, oh, and I'm assuming they just bought all the units. They that bought were everything there. that they had, and then on top of that, the production had had slowed to a, a crawl yeah. because of the pandemic. Factory closures. So, and they still managed to sell nearly six million consoles. Keep in mind, just just a, a thought to throw out there. I I did a, a video about a news story about an analyst predicting that the PS5 could be Sony's third hundred million unit selling console. A hundred million units is a crazy thing to, to accomplish it's huge well the switch sold six million units last what did i say in that quarter so that's that's three months yeah three months span six million during a shortage i mean that's that's insane yeah that's absolutely insane there's no reason for me to think that no shortage around perhaps nintendo sells a tenth of 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 a, of a lifetime hundred million, I think that they're in the sixty one million total sold, and the system's been out for three years. It's really, it's, yeah, it's not even like through its midlife crisis yet. The system will continue to sell, and they're at sixty one million. I mean, what a recovery! What a rebound! What a what a turnaround for Nintendo after I the Wii U. I think they're going to keep going. I hope so. This every uh, gaming is better when Nintendo is good. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm super happy to see Nintendo in the position that they find themselves in now. Yeah. Way to go, Nintendo. Good job. And also, really, like, we should thank them, too, because we needed Animal Crossing during lockdown. Not that I experienced that, but it was a good uh, way to... To escape. To escape having to be an essential employee. To escape the hellscape that yeah. we found ourselves in. And unfortunately, I have not jumped back into Animal Crossing in a long time because yeah. I don't need it right now. But yeah. thank you. I'm Animal sure I'll Crossing. pick it back up at some point. Yeah. <laughs>
As I said in a video here not that long ago, um, it might have been yesterday, so really not that long ago. <laughs> we are in a place right now where the, the PS5, Xbox Series X, they're ramping up, so the console wars are in full swing once again. I could probably make a video every day about the quote-unquote console wars. You should. You know, I probably could. It gets a little tiring, but I could yeah, probably do it. You could. So I want to pose, I want to pose the question today. Are the console wars truly still here? Where are we? Are they still here? Are we moving on from them? Is there ever going to be a day where they're not a thing? And, or, can we somehow escape this quote-unquote console wars thing? I think we're on the last leg of the console wars. I, I I would like to I would like to, to, to agree, but I don't know that I do. I think human nature is hard to get away from. I remember let's let's go back to so I remember some of my first real gaming experiences where I was playing, you know, my first game console was was the NES. It wasn't mine, it was my brother's, and my brother had the SNES. Aww. My first system that I that was mine, the N64 was even kind of the family system, but it was primarily me playing it. It was a good console. It was a great console. Ugh. I was, you know, full into Nintendo, you know, like, and then when, and I didn't, it's not as if I had a conscious thought in my head of uh, that I was like, Nintendo's the best. It was just that, like, I've always played Nintendo. Yeah. So then when the first place where I, you know, where I began to diverge, there, there began to be a question, the PlayStation came around. We, ev we eventually got a PlayStation, but, like, I still played more of the N64. And then, and, of course, the PlayStation, I feel like, was much later. Was it a PlayStation 1 or 2? PlayStation 1. So cool. that, that came, we got that later on, probably, at like, a yard sale or something, because we were, you know, that's how we got everything. Yeah. Like my Game Boy, when I got my Game Boy, it was from a yard sale. Yeah. You know, that's how, that's how we got stuff. So it was way after. Mine so too. <laughs> um when I remember when PS2 and the GameCube were coming out. This is <sighs> this is pre me having, you know, proper internet. So it wasn't as if I was, you know, on the on the internet reading the specs and, and yeah, you know that I, was not a that thing. Was not a th well, not for me anyways. And at that point, I remember that my my best friend at that point, you know, he for whatever reason was leaning you know he wanted to get to ps2 he thought and i you know he was that's where he was going to go and i thought well i've always said nintendo i'm going to get the gamecube mm -hmm. and i remember that was my first moment where like it was like i remember so i got my gamecube and you know there's some good games on the gamecube you know not to be disparaging of the game i loved my gamecube it was a great system but something happened one day he came over and he brought his ps2 with him which was just you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember the original PS2. It was a honker. That mm -hmm. thing was huge. Yeah, it was a thick boy. He brings this PS2 over. We go into my bedroom, hook the thing up, and he's like, "Check this out!" And he boots up Grand Theft Auto Three, <laughs> and it blew my mind. I was like, oh, "I've made the wrong choice. I, I I've <laughs> bought the wrong system. This is unbelievable." Just wow. driving around. I mean, it was un. It blew my mind. I, I had never experienced anything like this game before in my life. Yeah. You could go anywhere. Was it Vice City? No, Grand Theft Auto 3. The, oh. the, that was the first 
you know, third person perspective. I remember that one. Oh, it was the one before Vice City. Oh, okay. It was the one that introduced GTA in its current. Form. Oh, and, and and yeah, that's right. Not the top down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Never oh, yeah. seen anything like that before, and it blew my mind. And it was at that moment that, as a young mind, you have a choice to make. You either, you either say to yourself, "I still like my GameCube, but there are PS2 games that I like." So you start to feel insecure because you've bought this box, you've, you know, in my instance, you've saved, you know, you've you've done yard work, you've done everything you could to make extra money, and you've bought it, and mm-hmm. now you're thinking, "Have I made a mistake?" Yeah. So, like I said, you can start justifying the decision you already made because, on some level, you're you're committed to it, and if you're young and don't have a lot of money, you're really committed to it. Yeah. And that feels bad to have committed your money to the wrong thing. Or you can say, I committed my money to the wrong thing, accept that bad feeling, and then try and decide if I'm going to save up for a PS2 now or what my next move is. Yeah. I, I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't get a PS2 until way later, until like I think I might have been, good Lord, Maybe I was working. Yeah, so you're like 16, 17? Yeah, I might have, I might have been working, and that's how I got, maybe. Mm-hmm. I was doing something to earn money. Yeah. Something. But I committed to it, you know? And then when, like, I remember when when the, you know, I, I, I wound up getting the Wii instead of the PS3 and the 360 because mm-hmm. it was cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then I had to justify it then. You know, people would be like, I'm playing the new Call of Duty, and I'd be like, well, I got waggle controls. (laughs) So I can do that. And I'd be like, you know, and I remember, like, there was a game called, there was a game called, maybe it was called Red Steel. I think it was called Red Steel, made by Ubisoft, and it was a first-person shooter, and you would aim at your TV. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like... You know, almost debating with people like, oh, well, aiming at your TV is almost as accurate as using a mouse on a computer. It's better than using a joystick. Mm-hmm. Except the controls weren't that that good. Well, like, I mean, they worked fine, but like turning yeah. sucked. Because how yeah. it worked is if you got your pointer to the edge of the screen, he would just start turning. Yeah, but then you're not very accurate. So, like, anything in the middle of the screen, you mm-hmm. were really accurate. But yeah. then, like, rotating just felt weird. And mm-hmm. it, it, you could get used to it. But, like, anyway, it, it doesn't really matter. The point is is that I, I tried to justify. I tried to explain mm-hmm. to people why this was better, why gameplay was king, and the graphics that sucked didn't matter because it was all about how the game played. And, you know, I wasn't as aggressive as some of these kids, but, like... No, it's not really your nature, so. No, but I, I loved what I loved, and I felt threatened... <laughs> by other people's, you know, ability to, to, to buy things that I couldn't afford. It mm-hmm. made me feel insecure. And I think that there's... Maybe a little envious? Yeah, for sure. And I think that there's something to that. So it's like when, you know, I'm fully invested into the PlayStation ecosystem. So when I make a video saying, hey, this Xbox Series S, you know, rumors are it's going to be really cheap and it could be a really great entry point for people to, to get an Xbox... And I get PlayStation fanboys coming in the comments being like, dude, it sucks. It's not going <laughs> to even have ray tracing, probably. Or it won't be able to run the next Grand Theft Auto based on something I've made up in my head. It's like, it's because they're feeling threatened. They don't want anything to pop up that says, I, I may be invested into the wrong ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the antidote to that is. 
I don't know how you fix that problem other than us just getting to a world where games are games and systems are systems, but yeah. there are no exclusives anymore. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Um, I didn't really experience the console wars until, honestly, like my adult life. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a heavy online presence, so... I also was not, like, into games media either. I didn't know that that was a thing that existed until I was pretty much also, like, an adult. Right. Um, me and my friend, my few friends that I had, if one person had a different console, and I, like, we would we would go and get different consoles so that we could experience both sides. But the kind of games that we were playing didn't require, like, online gameplay, which sure. is not really something that I knew about until... I was in like middle school or yeah. high school. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't something I was interested in anyways. But like I would have a GameCube and my friend had, uh, she had like a PS1 or no, she had a PS2. And we would just take our consoles over to each other's house and take oh, yeah. turns playing different games. A, that was a big thing. And I think that's a valid point too that I think causes a rift to form. Like when multiplayer was all local, it would be like, you would just come to your friend's house, they'd hand mm -hmm. you a controller, and you'd play yeah. the game together. Yeah. And now it's like, well, I'm at my house playing this game on this box. You're at your house playing the same game on a different box, but we can't play together? Yeah. Like, that sucks. And yeah. then that starts being like, man, you should just get a PlayStation. The Xbox yeah. sucks. You yeah. should come over. Fuck you, Xbox is good. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and it, I, I, I think never, that causes a rift. I'm very lucky. I never heard of that. I had my... The first time that I experienced the console wars, I was working... And I had someone who was at my store filling in for a day. And he was your typical bro dude. Um, but a little bit, just a little toxic. Um, and we were talking about games. And because, you know, I was like, hey, I heard you talking about this game. That's pretty cool. I think it was State of Decay or something. I was like, I like that game. Um, and he was like, oh, do you have an Xbox? And I'm like, well, yeah, I have one, but that's like the... Because I, I had bought an Xbox. I bought one specifically for State of Decay because I love that mm -hmm. game so much. I played it at a friend's house. And you were like, I gotta get this And I this was like, game. I want this game. So I went and I bought a used Xbox. I think I traded in like... This is stupid. I traded in an N64, my Wii, my PS2, and my PS1 for my Xbox. Damn. All of those I had found very cheaply priced at yard sales, except for my PS1, which we had. I don't even know how we got that one. So I gave up a lot for this Xbox for one game that I was obsessed with. And I mentioned that to him. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I have an Xbox. That's the only one that I have. I mostly play on PS4 or PS3 at the time. And he just, like, started hammering and, oh, Sony sucks. That's a stupid console. Yeah. Your games are for babies. <laughs> and I was just, like, really just. You're like, what? I didn't even have a response. I was just, like, I, I know you know who I'm talking about. Maybe. You remember me talking about this person. Yeah. And one of our other coworkers kind of joined in and added to it. And then my boss, who was really immature, really started egging it on too. And I was just like kind of getting bullied by these Microsoft fanboys. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. And then that makes you, if anything, what that's going to do is that's going to make you be like, fuck these guys. Yeah. 
Well, Uncharted's awesome. Yeah. You know, like you start you start thinking about the games you played on PlayStation that they're called baby games, and you're yeah. like, these guys are ignorant. The Last of Us is a baby game. Yeah, like these people are being ignorant. And yeah. then that that further when the PS4 and the and the Xbox One come out, you're like, I'm buying PlayStation Four. Yeah. Because fuck them. And All then, I wanted to do was just talk about some games. I was just like, oh, he likes to play games. Yeah, I like to play that's games. That's a common ground. We're both nerds. Let's let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. It, it to, like if you really stop and think about it, imagine a world where the new, let's say, the new Avengers movie comes out, and. You're like, man, I can't wait to see that Avengers movie. I've heard a tri- I've heard those movies are really good. And so you it comes out and you're gonna go to the store and you're gonna you're gonna rent that movie. You're gonna buy that movie. And you get there and it says Avengers I don't know which number we're on. Uh it's, seven, it's, six. I don't know. I don't I'm know. making Avengers, this. Avengers whatever. And it says exclusive to Disney branded Blu ray players. And you're like what? Damn, I've got a Sanyo, and you can't, and you can't, you can't watch that movie <laughs> on your Sanyo. You gotta buy, and the next to it is a Disney Blu-ray player that's got a chip in it that lets it play Disney movies. And you're like, man, that sucks. I can't yeah. even can't watch this movie. I'll go, I'll go get it digital. And it's like, oh no, you gotta have the Disney box to download that movie. That would be so horrible yeah. and, and weird and awful. Or yeah. imagine that like a new album comes out from from a band, and it's like, nope, Apple only. Gotta mm-hmm. have iTunes. Can't. That would be horrible. Yeah. But in video games, we accept that as just the, the way it is. Why is that the way it is? It's you know? kind of like, it's so crappy in a way. It's like you're literally putting a lock around art and you're saying, this is only for yeah. some people. Yeah. And the good news is, is that there are a lot of games that are non-exclusive you we know, gotta like, get away from exclusives or I, something. I think that that's uh, yeah. I would agree. There are a lot of games that are non-exclusive, but there are still a lot of games that are exclusive. Mm-hmm. And right now we have two company. Well, we have three companies. Nintendo's Nintendo. Like the fact that you can play a Mario game on your Android phone or your iOS device is kind of still mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I never thought that day would come. And yeah. I think that they're probably still pretty far, you know, away from this eventuality. But um, so let's just kind of like we're gonna leave them out of the conversation. Imagine ever playing the new Mario game on my PlayStation. It's really hard for me to wrap my brain <laughs> around that. So like, let's just exclude them. However, Sony and Microsoft, we have two very different approaches right now. Sony is still very much playing the exclusive game. Yeah, and and more power to them because they're trying to sell hardware. They're trying to sell the PlayStation 5 to you. So how do you sell how do you sell the PlayStation 5? You say, well, there's Horizon, there's Spider-Man, there's, you know, whatever else, mm-hmm. and you can only play these games on PlayStation. And I get it, because that's their goal is to sell hardware, to mm-hmm. sell software. Microsoft says they're they're doing and look, you can you can argue which one's better, which one's worse. It really is going to be dependent upon what your end goal in mind is because yeah. that's going to be it's how you frame things. Mm-hmm. Microsoft says, "Here's Halo Infinite, which you can talk about how it looks or whatever if you want, but here's Halo Infinite and you can play it on Xbox Series X." You can play it on your PC. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can play it on Xbox Series S when you announce it. You yeah. can play it on your phone on Game Pass. Which is you can bonkers. Play, you can play it on whatever. It doesn't really matter to us. We just want you to enjoy our game 
and that's how we're going to get you. We don't care about the hardware. Like I've said in another video, you know, there I've got a computer right there. Microsoft is not trying to sell me an Xbox Series X. Yeah. They know that there's no reason for me to buy one, and that's by design. They don't care. So if the PS5 doubles the Xbox Series X's sales, as some analysts are predicting, that doesn't intrinsically mean a loss for Microsoft because Microsoft isn't playing the same game as yeah. Sony. It's like if you've got, it's like when you're a kid and you're, you're, you're playing a game that you've made up with your yeah, friends. And you have your own and, rules. And you're like, well, I touched the tree first, so I win. And they're like, no, because I've got the ball and the <laughs> ball. And it's like, you're not even, like, no, this makes, you're playing yeah. different games. Yeah. Like, there are no rules to this. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, I feel like I laid out uh, uh, an argument for why the console wars will never end because we'll never have a time when people aren't conflating themselves with their purchases. When you aren't a PlayStation gamer, thereby offended, insecure, and attacked by anything Xbox does that's good. I don't know if that's ever going to go away because that's just human nature. I'm also laying out a groundwork where if the game being played is no longer who sells the most boxes, it's going to get harder and harder to say who is winning mm-hmm. at the war. We've already got to a place where it's it's going to be unclear who who's winning. Yeah. And I think as adults, well, you and I being adults and a lot of people, we've probably outgrown the console wars as you get older more dependent and able to more make financially secure yeah. as well makes a big difference you because can, you're no longer deeply tied to your purchase yeah. because it wasn't that big of a deal yeah. to you and i think having a pc broke me out of which i was never involved in the console wars yeah i'm a conscientious a conscientious objector yeah. it's, when it comes to that it's definitely pulled me compl- to, where even even before the ps4 i really wasn't in that mindset much anymore but by being a PC person, I'm 100, like 100%. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care who wins. No. I care that there are fun games mm-hmm. and that as many people as possible get to play them. I'm honestly, I'm pulling like right now, the the closest I'm going to get to the console wars, and I'll probably end on this. I could talk about this for a long time, but I'll probably end my stance on this. Right now, I want to support Microsoft because I like what they're doing. That mindset of just play our games wherever you want to play mm-hmm. them. I owned one game, one console from Microsoft. Yeah, I've never owned an Xbox. <laughs> That's it. You know, you saw my one game yeah. and yeah. my one, yeah, my Xbox. And I mean, really, like, I've been Sony since I was a kid just because we grew up playing Tomb Raider. Love that game. Oh, that's another thing. I just want to put this out there. Uh, Tomb Raider was exclusive to Xbox One, I think, where it was, like, a delayed release for everybody else. That broke my heart. I was so upset about that, that I had to wait a year. To get to play Tomb Raider. To play Tomb Raider. The reboot. Yeah, I hate that stuff. It's terrible. Just want to throw that out there, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. But I, I'm I'm in support of what Microsoft is doing right now. So 
Let's take a moment and thank our second sponsor of the show. It's a YouTube channel called The Love of Acting. This actually kind of surprised me when I got when I got this offer for for a sponsorship here. But I checked out the channel and I'm I'm actually really impressed. So the channel is hosted by an actor named Alan Baysberg. And basically what he does on The Love of Acting, he interviews a myriad of fellow actors and he's got a very disarming and authentic style. I'm not usually one for these sorts of interview shows, but these long-form conversations are really engaging and thought-provoking. You can get an inside look into the world of acting in a way that we rarely get with the love of acting, and it's devoid of all that pretense and overproduction that makes shows like this feel rehearsed and fake. What Alan is doing here is it's real and grounded. It feels it feels grounded, and it's definitely worth a watch. I, I personally... You know, I think the first time I really saw an actor being interviewed in in a way that was longer form and it didn't have that feeling of, okay, so these are the questions you're allowed to ask me. Here's how I'm going to respond. <laughs> you're going to smile. I'm going to smile. We're both going to look good. And it was just a real conversation with something like Joe Rogan's podcast. And you can like or you can like or dislike Joe Rogan. You're you're, you're free to have an opinion there. But I think the point still stands. We've gotten all sorts of revelations from these sorts of. It's not even an. It's not really even an interview. It's a conversation. Yeah, they're and I just think, conversations. I think what Alan is doing here is is very. It's very similar. They're just conversations, and because he's an actor and he's talking to these other actors, they're they they sort of speak the same language. There's a sense of trust and a sense of um, openness there that you might not get from your your typical TV, you know, actor interview kind of show. So definitely check them out. You can find The Love of Acting on YouTube and in a link in the show notes. So give them a look and let them know that Scary If Literal sent you. So let's close the show with the number nine game of the last decade and it is Red Dead Redemption oh we don't have a ton of time to devote to this segment but I have very good memories of playing Red Dead Redemption it was a very I think my my strongest memory of Red Dead Redemption and this would sort of predict what games I would love the most down the line was an instance that happened in the multiplayer facet of the game, which not I don't fuck it. Well, I don't know. Maybe a lot of people played. I don't know. I didn't play it ever. So there was a multiplayer component, and how it worked is when you spawned in, you would start off with a crappy little donkey as your horse, <laughs> and as you got as you, as you leveled up, you'd get better, faster horses. Well, you start off with a donkey, and I remember we all got together, and I had another buddy that jumped in the server with us. And it spawned him very far away. So he was riding his donkey, you know, <laughs> towards us. And here he comes. And I, and as, I, as he's approaching, I looked at him. I saw him coming. And I pulled out a throwing knife. And oh, I turned. No. And I went. I threw the throwing knife. And it hit the donkey oh, square no. in the forehead. <gasps> the donkey just kind of like crumbles to the ground. <sighs> and it just kind of like slides because he's got momentum. So he just kind of crumbles and goes... <sighs> And oh slides, God. and my buddy's character very nonchalantly just pops up off the donkey, <laughs> just pops up, brushes the dust off of him, and just looks at me. <laughs> and I lost my mind. It was the funniest thing I had ever seen because it just looked so like, like he was like, 
you killed my donkey. <laughs> like he did, like he could not give two shits less about what had happened. No, it respawns later and it's fine. The donkey was fine. Can't believe you killed a donkey. It was so funny. It's vicious. Just though. watching him just slide because he's still riding him as he's sliding. It was. <laughs> Man, it was really, really fun. Oh, man. You can have a lot of fun in that game. Yes. And, and then, I mean, look, the campaign was where it was at. The game was beautiful, especially for the time. And and it gave you that GTA-style sense of openness, yeah. exploration. One of the first things I did when I got that game was I went into a town, had my lasso, and I lassoed a person. <laughs> I, I, threw a, I threw my lasso at, a, at some woman, and I pulled her over to me, and I tied her up, and I was like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, you got, I just tied this woman up. And I was like, now what am I going to do? And I thought, I thought, oh, it's the old west. I'm putting her on a train track. So I scooped her up, jumped on my horse, found a train track, laid her down on it in front of a train, and I was like, let's see what happens. Train comes through and hits her, and a freaking trophy pops. Oh, my God. And the trophy's title was Dastardly, and the icon was like the little t- mustache you oh would, would twirl. And I was like, this this is the game for I me. I love this, it. This, this, <laughs> this is it. They not only expected me to do this, they wanted me to. Yeah. They yeah. wanted me to be, they wanted me to do this. Yeah. And I was like, that's great. I um, I played that game after moving in with you. Mm-hmm. I didn't play it before, didn't know anything about it. Just took that game, because you had a collection. Yep. That I like never played before because I had like three games. Bottom line, yeah, I have so many PS4 games, yeah. and PS3 games. Holy you crap! You had so for PlayStation many. Plus. I'd have, yeah. I'd, I had PS Plus from the word go. I didn't even know what that was. And I when I moved game, in with you, I was like, you get games. Every game that popped, if I was going to play it or not, I'd redeem it. Yeah. So I've still attached to my account. I mean, we're talking hundreds of games. There are at this so point. many, and I've not played probably three quarters of them. Yeah. Not even downloaded them. Yeah. But um, never will. <laughs> I played that one. I was like, oh, what's this game? You're like, oh, it's GTA, but you're a cowboy. It's Grand and Theft I was Horse. like, I played Vice City so much, like I ruined my disc. So I popped that in. Um, I'm trying to play the game, which the campaign was fun. But Except Mexico. I loved exploring, which, by the way, like I love the Western like feel. I love yep. the atmosphere. I love the ecosystem. It was great. My favorite thing that I did on that game after I'd pretty much gotten to the point where I was getting into difficult missions I didn't care about, mm-hmm. um, I got to Mexico and I was like, I'm going to lasso this donkey and I'm going to try and take it to the States. And I was on my horse. I'm go- You're going to be an American yeah. donkey. I was on my horse and I got my donkey and I tried to get him on the train. That didn't work. But I took my donkey across the border to America so that he could live a better life live the american yes. donkey dream and it was a very long stupid process i had a lot of time at this point to mm-hmm. kill i don't think i was working full time it was like literally two hours to get him to sure to america but, because there are a lot of things that happen in that game yeah. that are just random yeah yeah so but but you but you could do that yeah what a what a yeah. and so much to do in that game so many interactions with npcs you could play mm-hmm. poker you could Take I up tried. Bounties. I mean, it, there was so much going on. Yeah, the story was very good. I think I had that slow point in the middle, that that Mexico kind of area that mm-hmm. I think so many people got to that, and it slowed down and they lost interest. But if you pushed through, the ending was was very good. Mm-hmm. Little little tragic. Oh, no I don't spoilers, know. I didn't. I didn't finish it. Got stuck in Mexico. Yeah. But yeah, a, a really great game. I think that Metacritic had it as like a 94 or a 95 mm-hmm. overall. What do you mean? Like Metacritic isn't a... 
you know, the arbiter of what games are good, but, you know, it, it makes a conversation anyways. I'm guessing that this, this game is lower on the list because there are so many great games that are still to come on oh, the list. Yeah, it's a very impressive list as we, as we progress further, so st- stay tuned for number eight coming on the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you to today's sponsors, YouTube and Twitch channel Luke Sock and YouTube celebrity interview show Alan Vaisberg with the love of acting. Thanks for supporting the show to both of you awesome people. You can find links to both of them in the show notes or in the Friends of Scary If Literal blog, which you can find at Scary If Literal. If you head to scaryifliteral.com, you'll find the links to our YouTube channel, Twitch, Twitter, which you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram because we post awesome stuff on there all the time. There are also links for several ways for for you to support the show, like our merchandise store and some other cool stuff that way as well. So thank you for joining me today, Jesse. My name is Shane. This was Podcast Revived. And until next time, stay nerdy, my friends.